Many people like to buy new tech, and while having the latest and greatest features as well as buyer protection sounds nice, I often recommend going used. Today, I discuss this on Joey's Totally Tech. So you all know COVID-19 has been wreaking havoc around the world, and it's easy to feel powerless. But there is something you can do. It's called Folding at Home. You can donate your PC's processing power to help fight infectious diseases such as COVID-19 by connecting up to their distributed supercomputer. You can use Windows, Mac, or Linux-based systems. You can download Folding at Home at foldingathome.org. Again, that's foldingathome.org. And we have a folding team set up as well. It's called Joey's Totally Folding. If you set up your computer for folding at home and want to join the team, go into configure in the app, go to the identity tab, and put in the team member number 261660 and set up your name and passkey. And then you can start folding with Joey's Totally Folding on the Folding at Home app. And remember, stay safe out there, practice social distancing, and abide by your state or country's orders regarding COVID-19 for your own safety and the safety of others. So first of all, I understand that there are reasons you may not want to buy used tech. You may want to have a warranty in case anything goes wrong, and I get that. But I think you may want to consider used tech, particularly when it comes to PCs. So to get it out of the way, it's true you don't have the protection if something goes wrong. There are no warranties. The exception might be if you buy something from eBay and get a squared trade protection plan. Also, eBay offers other protections too in case the item isn't as described, so it may be worth looking into it on eBay. Though, I'll also discuss why you may or may not want to do that. But we'll get into why you may not have much to worry about when it comes to warranties anyway. The first reason for buying used tech, saving money. So the most obvious reason why you may want to buy used tech is the price. The value on tech depreciates greatly after being bought. Even if something is lightly used, unless it's an item that just came out, the seller is going to have a difficult time proving the lightly used claim. I've bought graphics cards both new and used. 
I bought the RX 480 when it first came out and sold it a month later because I really needed the money. I sold it for quite a bit less than what I bought it for because the buyer didn't know how hard I put the graphics card through its paces. He didn't know how much I may have overclocked it, though I was up front, I did overclock it a little bit. He didn't know if I had used it for cryptocurrency mining or anything else. Those are things you need to consider as a buyer, and because of that, you could find a significant discount. But just be aware, sellers aren't going to think like that. They are going to expect you to believe the lightly used claim or the still new claim. They may very well be telling the truth, or they may not. And of course, you can find used tech on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Mercari, and other places. Your local Goodwill agency may also have a tech thrift store. I know here in Charlotte, we have The Grid, powered by Goodwill, a place at which I actually worked for over a year. Many of these tech stores are called Goodwill Computer Works. Keep in mind, Goodwill doesn't give you quite the freedom to return items that you would have at a regular retail store, but you're dealing with mostly used hardware anyway. I know that at The Grid, they do not do refunds, but each item had a certain amount of time you could return them in for either a store credit or exchange. And I would oftentimes see good prices on tech, particularly parts PCs that still mostly worked, and one of which I've had sitting around for some time, which I've just turned into a home multimedia theater PC for our TV. Our TV is one we did buy new, but that could have easily been bought used too. And with things like parts PCs, or parts anything really, if you know how to fix it up, you can potentially find even better deals. Don't care about the cosmetic condition of the tech you're looking for? Again, there's a potential discount there. Now, sometimes you might find a good deal on something because someone doesn't really know what they have and doesn't know the value of it. Or maybe they do and they just need to get rid of it quickly. If it's the former, I understand it's easy to have a guilty conscience about it, but if you feel it's a justified purchase, by all means, buy it. And if it's the latter, definitely take the deal, no questions asked, as long as you have the money to spend on it. With used tech, there are all sorts of opportunities to save money. Reason number two to buy used tech, the environment. Many people end up throwing good tech away that shouldn't be thrown away. It's still working, or it can be fixed up. Whether it's working or not, the last place you want to take the stuff is the landfill, especially old CRT monitors and televisions. Many electronic devices have chemicals in them that will break down over time and seep into the soil and into the underground water streams and that would ultimately affect us all. Some things like CRT televisions and monitors can explode and catch fire when they're crushed in a landfill because there's a huge capacitor that could hold a deadly charge for some time inside of those. So then you have the possibility of fires spreading out of control. 
you're probably not in the market for a CRT monitor or television unless you like the look of CRTs when it comes to retro video games, as many retro video game enthusiasts do prefer CRTs for the older games. But you may be looking for a laptop, television, printer, etc. All of this can be kept out of the landfill by purchasing used. Another possibility of contamination, I had an HP laptop a while back that had a small light on it that contained mercury. Of course, that too will contaminate the soil and streams. Of course, it's not good to throw batteries into the landfill either. The list goes on and on with the chemicals that you prevent from ending up in the environment by buying used tech. Also, let's say you need to get rid of some of this old tech and you can't sell it for some reason. Please, send it to an e-waste recycling facility. You can look up your local e-waste recycling facilities on Google. The third reason you may want to consider buying used tech, political and socioeconomic justice. This is a particularly big one for me. You see, in the move for corporations to keep costs down, they've moved production to countries where they can get cheaper labor and where labor laws are more relaxed. Many of our items are created in sweatshops and factories where labor conditions are subpar. And maybe some of you listening don't care. Or maybe you say, well, we can't really do much about it anyway. It's going to happen. I've never liked that sort of attitude of just letting it happen because you can't do much about it. In fact, I believe there's plenty that can be done about it if we're in solidarity. But pretty much, I don't support what the big corporations are doing. So by buying used, my money is not going directly to those corporations. Unfortunately, pretty much all of our computers, televisions, etc. are made in China these days. If you need computers or computer parts, you're not going to have much of a computer if you only use parts made in the United States. Now, someone has to buy these computers or other tech new in order for you to get them used. That is true. So someone has to support the corporations, I get that. But really think about what you need new and what you could get used, particularly with computers. The technology for processors hasn't changed all that much over the years, and I've seen computers 10 years old or more being used today for modern tasks. The desktop computer I use is made from old server parts mostly, the CPU itself, an Intel Xeon X3430, I only purchased for about $7.50. If you know how to build your own computer, you can get deep into the savings. But even if you don't, that's less money you're going to give the big corporations who are abusing workers in other countries if you buy used. Unfortunately, it doesn't totally eliminate it, but support for it is reduced when you buy used. I like to buy the stuff that businesses are just getting rid of, or better yet, if they give it away when they're done, that's even better. 
The more people buy used computers, the less new computers are being sold. And then that means less money to the big corporations because people aren't falling for getting the latest and greatest that we're often suckered into in this capitalist world we live in. Now let's talk about the protections, or lack thereof. You may not want to buy used because of a lack of protection. I do understand that, and for many things that make sense. Hard drives are a known sticky point for PC builders since they're mechanical and wear out over time. But you may or may not know about the bell curve when it comes to failure rates on most of this hardware, including hard drives. The most likely times for failure to occur with almost any tech you purchase will be at the beginning of its life cycle, right after you buy it new, or towards the end when it's likely obsolete and needs to be replaced anyway. Most of your used items are going to be somewhere in the middle where it's not likely to fail on you. Oftentimes when buying tech on eBay, you may get a pop-up asking if you want to buy a Square Trade protection plan to protect the item. If you want that protection, go for it. This isn't possible to do with Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, or many of the popular apps that people buy and sell things on now. So eBay is offering that much as far as additional protection goes. Otherwise, buying used can be a risk, if you're meeting the seller, you should ask the seller to demo the item before buying. Make sure you have a good description of the item and ask if there is anything wrong or unusual that you need to be made aware of. So should you buy used on eBay? It's really going to depend. eBay has been known to have a number of sellers asking for prices that are a bit high on items. At this time, because many are working from home, webcams that were once priced reasonably well are through the roof. It can be a site with a lot of price gouging going on. Also, there are people who are deceiving you and ripping you off, particularly with cheap prices on items that seem too good to be true. You have to be smart about it and look at the seller ratings of who you might be buying from. I will say, as far as graphics cards go, there are lots of graphics card scams. YouTubers like Jay's Two Cents, Gamers Nexus, so on and so forth have covered this in great detail. Be sure to look them up on YouTube as far as those graphics card scams go. But eBay also offers protection. If the item is not as described, they tend to side with the buyer and provide you with a refund when you put in a complaint. It will have to go through the resolution system, which will take some time but eBay, more likely than not, will side with you. You can still find good deals on eBay too. You just have to look and be smart. Be aware that there are times that certain items may cost more and it's probably a bad time to buy them on eBay. If there's a cryptocurrency mining craze, 
the price of graphics cards will likely go up. With the pandemic where everyone is staying at home, webcam prices have gone up. That all gets reflected, even with used items on eBay, if the seller is paying attention to the pricing trends. So I've given you a few compelling reasons to buy used and also talked about protecting your purchase. Did I miss any reasons for buying used tech or anything else you could do to protect yourself when buying used? Or do you disagree and think it should all be bought new? Let me know either in Facebook Messenger on the Joey's Totally Tech page or in the voice message feature of the Anchor app. Hey everyone, it's Joey, and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well. We've got a bit of news this week as usual. Intel may be putting profits over people when it comes to chip production and COVID-19. There are COVID-19 related tech conference cancellations and changes. Hackers might have used VPNs to hijack your computer and weird laptop graphics decisions as well as laptop manufacturers just having AMD and budget PCs rather than higher performance PCs. All that and more. That's right, I just singled out some of the biggest news stories this time around for a change in the intro as the previous ones were a bit long. Don't go away, sit back and relax. It's time for the news. Intel is being accused by workers of prioritizing chip output over safety. According to complaints filed with state and federal government agencies and employees at one work site, Intel has compromised worker safety. The accusations claim that the plant in Chandler, Arizona did not isolate staff that worked closely with teammates who had tested positive for COVID-19 and did not institute tests. Also, management has been accused of dismissing concerns that social distancing guidelines weren't being followed. 
Darcy Ortiz, a vice president and general manager of corporate services at Intel, has said, quote, We completely understand that people would be concerned. We have a strong safety culture. We've provided a means for people to escalate issues. We welcome that. Intel claims there has been no transmission of the virus at the facility. Ortiz also says complaints in internal forums and to state safety agencies have helped the company refine and improve its response to the pandemic. And in Oregon, the OSHA division has received more than 40 virus-related complaints about Intel's plants in Hillsboro, as well as another nearby location. Their complaints accuse the company of not enforcing social distancing, not providing masks to workers, and letting employees with symptoms return to work without providing proof they tested negative for the virus. In New Mexico, at another manufacturing site, two complaints were sent to the Occupational Health and Safety Bureau, which resulted in imminent danger notices being posted in the plant's cafeteria, which has been shut down since then. Investigations into those complaints were closed after Intel took, quote, satisfactory corrective action, according to the agency. Before the pandemic, Intel has been under pressure to ramp up production as it has struggled to switch to newer processes for chip production. Intel details its next-generation Optane and 144-layer 3D NAND SSDs. Also, they're finally upgrading to PCIe 4.0. The second-generation Optane will be PCIe 4.0 compliant. More is to be announced in June. And Intel's latest QLC SSD, Keystone Harbor, features 144-layer 3D NAND. They said they will transfer all SSDs to the 144-layer NAND in 2021. They announced that the SSD shipments have surpassed 10 million units, but that PLC 5 bits per cell technology is still under development. Intel will ship the Alderstream Optane SSD in a single-port form this year and a dual-port form in 2021. Alderstream uses the second generation of 3D X-Point Media, providing many performance advantages including four layers over the previous generation single layer. There's a new controller ASIC with firmware to be compatible with the leap to PCIe 4.0. Capacities for the new drives are still being decided, but the DCP4800X dual-port drive is available with 375GB, 750GB, and 1.5TB capacities. Doubling the capacity because of the layer count doubling will result in 3TB for the maximum capacity. Older AM4 motherboards won't be compatible with new generation of Ryzen processors. AMD has disclosed that its upcoming Zen 3 4th generation Ryzen processors will only support AMD 500 series chipsets. The next generation processors will not work with the older 400 or 300 series chipsets. This is a blow to those who bought the premium X470 motherboards, hoping they would be able to use newer CPUs coming out this year. At this time, the B550 is the only motherboard chipset available in this chipset generation. 
When the Ryzen CPUs and AM4 socket motherboards were first launched, the hope was that there would be several generations of Ryzen CPUs released that could work with the previous generation's chipsets. A few major conference cancellations and changes, LTX 2020, Tokyo Game Show 2020, and Computex all have changed because of COVID-19. Linus Media Group, led by Linus Sebastian, known for his YouTube channel Linus Tech Tips, has canceled LTX 2020 for this year. Linus has said that people who purchased a ticket will receive a full refund, and they should receive a refund confirmation email within the next few weeks. But Linus has made it clear they will be doing everything in their power to bring back LTX for 2021, and they're already working on event dates. Meanwhile, Tokyo Game Show 2020 is shifting to a digital format this year. We may still see announcements from Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft regarding the next generation consoles from the conference. More details will be coming soon. And Computex 2020 has been postponed from June 2nd through 6th to September 28th through 30th. Unfortunately, some motherboard and graphics card manufacturers may be withdrawing from the conference. Asus Tech has said it's still following its existing plans for the event, but Gigabyte, MSI, ECS, TUL, and Chaintech have decided to withdraw from the show. Some of the motherboard and graphics card manufacturers are considering hosting online product launches during this time instead. Hackers could be using your VPN to hijack your PC. Two VPN services could have been hacked through a malicious software update. This was discovered by VPN Pro's researchers. If you are using BetterNet or Private VPN, the two affected services, you could have downloaded malware before you realized it. Both companies have since fixed the flaws. Before the fix, you could have infected BetterNet and private VPN client software on Windows PCs with fake software updates, which are downloaded in the man-in-the-middle attacks, where the client software would not realize it was getting updates from malicious sources instead of the legitimate software update server. Facebook is testing an app for free web browsing on mobile devices. Discover, an app from Facebook, is aimed at helping people in underconnected countries to the internet. Peru is the first country to try this out. It lets people browse text on any mobile website for free for a certain amount of time. Facebook has had a vision to connect the entire world but has faced hurdles in countries such as India, where Facebook's Free Basics program was banned over concerns that it favored certain internet services, including the social network, over others, though Facebook denied that the program threatened net neutrality. This trial shows how Facebook is responding to criticism of its efforts of connectivity, which could also help the social network grow its number of users in developing countries. With Discover, users can browse any website using a daily balance of free data from participating mobile operators. Free Basics, which is available in over 55 countries, limits users to certain websites. 
Discover will be replacing Free Basics in Peru. Volvo to have cars with LiDAR and IZOF highway driving by 2022. The car company will begin producing vehicles with the LiDAR sensors from the Swedish startup Luminar. Volvo had invested in Luminar in 2018. The LiDAR sensors will be available in 2022 as part of the SPA2 architecture, the successor to SPA1 architecture in many of Volvo's cars today. Volvo hasn't announced specific model information, but it likely means that the sensors will be available on vehicles like the XC90, starting with the 2023 model year. LiDAR stands for Light Detection and Ranging. It uses laser pulses to build a 3D model of the environment around the vehicle. It helps autonomous vehicles see other objects such as cars, pedestrians, and cyclists. The goal of Volvo is to have autonomous highway driving so that you can take your eyes off the road and hands off the wheel and relax. And Henrik Green from Volvo has said that, quote, over time, updates over the air will expand the areas in which the car could drive itself. Microsoft will pay hackers to break their Azure Sphere Linux Internet of Things operating system. Microsoft has launched the Azure Sphere Research Challenge in which they give rewards of up to $100,000 for exploits that will break Azure Sphere security. Azure Sphere is Microsoft's Linux-based platform for internet-connected devices. And finally, NVIDIA's GeForce MX350 just barely beats AMD's Ryzen 7 4700U's Vega 7i GPU, yet OEMs are still using it in laptops. Even though AMD's Ryzen APU comes really close to the MX350, Companies such as Asus are pairing Ultrabooks with the APU and GeForce MX350 graphics cards together. Ultrabooks from Asus like the ZenBook 14 power limit the APU to 15 watts after a few minutes of operation, which results in the clock speed plummeting from 1600 MHz to around 1000 MHz, a 37.5% decline. The MX350 also drops clocks, but the MX350 Power Limited beats the APU Power Limited. It seems an odd choice to have both the APU and dedicated graphics card in the laptop when they're about equal in performance. And this is many questioning ASUS's engineering choices, but it seems that no laptop manufacturers are putting time or effort into AMD-based laptops despite the performance. MSI's Alpha and Bravo, marketed as budget models, don't have NVIDIA graphics, though many don't consider their screen suitable for even photo editing. Lenovo has an AMD laptop, though they've mostly been focused on the Intel laptops for their next Legion series. It seems that the manufacturers consider the Ryzen systems to be low-cost and budget models that they don't really care about. 
In my opinion, I think laptop manufacturers are still thinking of the reputation that AMD chips have had in the past before Ryzen. Ryzen has been a major improvement, but it seems the OEMs have trusted Intel more, even though Intel has stagnated over the past few years. And perhaps the average person is more familiar with Intel rather than AMD. Those that pay attention to tech, like me and probably many of you, probably know AMD's performance is just about on par with Intel now, and it's a great choice. But when it comes to name recognition among the general public, people know the name Intel. Intel has been featured in many PC commercials on TV. You don't see AMD's logo or hear any sort of tune like the one that's associated with Intel. People who don't know tech but just need a laptop know Intel and not AMD. So I think that's behind the decision of laptop manufacturers too. It's not necessarily an issue of performance, but the public's familiarity. And that was the news, and this has been Joey's Totally Tech. I hope this was a good informative episode for you. I will catch you next time.